Hey guys, uh, so this will be the second interruption this week. So we did do the Blacklist Season 1 retrospective two weeks ago. But due to WB and and Discovery, all these things happening, I decided to take a two-week break. And then we'll get back to week two, so, so Season 2 retrospective of Blacklist next week. Um, I want to talk about this though. So last week we talked about The Flash. As it was just announced that The Flash will be canceled after this. And it will be a 13 episode run. I know we have in the archives me speaking of the Arrowverse. But I wanted to go more. I felt like I should go more in depth of my. Um, I guess relationship. With the Arrowverse. Now in my opinion the Arrowverse Arrowverse, excuse me, started with Smallville. Now, I was very late to the party with Smallville. By the time Smallville was out, it was... I wasn't able to really catch primetime television. Like, I had to... Tr- like, I didn't have a DVR at the time. And I heard actually nothing but good things about the show. And when I finally got to watching it, it was because I had Hulu. Still have Hulu. And it's on there. And I say, you know what? I'm just going to watch it, you know? And so I want to say for months, I just binged it. I don't know how long it took me because it was literally the only thing I probably watched outside of wrestling. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it took me about four or five months to binge everything. And that's me being nice. I think it took a little longer. But to me, without it, without the ideas, there is no Arrowverse. And obviously, I don't remember it because I binged it and I've only watched it once. Like, I've never seen, I don't even remember re-watching an episode or anything. I don't think it was that kind of show for me. It was definitely a weekly villain of the week type of show. Um, Tom Welling does play a good Clark Kent. Um, <clears throat> there were some decisions that were made that were very interesting. So I don't know what I think Michael Rosenbaum has talked about like when his contract ended because they killed off Lex Luthor I think uh, three seasons before the entire show was done Um, and I think after that kind of but it lost its way but at the same time I feel like with Smallville you had so much interaction between Clark and 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 Lex and. When he's the overarching villain all the time, and there were some times where it was it changed up, but it felt like it was all the time because it was so much Lex Luthor, you know. And then you have the Lana Lang thing, and then you have um, all the sidekicks, and then the black guy—I don't remember his name—he um, just disappeared. I think after season three, um, I don't think I've even seen him on television since. So I don't know if he had some type of drama or something but <clears throat> to me the first two seasons I do remember those more vividly mainly because I felt like there was a strong supporting cast and I felt like the situations kind of felt fresh at the time and in fairness to them they it was very low budget I'm not mad about it either it's not knock or, or criticism it's actually a, a, a ovation they did a low budget version of the Justice League you know they had a cyborg. They had a green arrow. They had um, the Flash, Kid Flash. Um, so to me, Smallville was the thing that set everything up. So I remember, and I said this, I've said this before. Um, I'll say it again though. I came to Arrow late. I remember I was just watching Netflix. I was, I think I was, I think I don't remember how I told the story, but I, I believe 
I was working morning shifts at a restaurant at the time. And so um, my ex was like, hey, Arrow's, you know, based off Green Arrow, you should probably watch it. I said, yeah, I'll check it. I got nothing else to do. Because she worked nights. We worked such separate schedules that I just needed something to do. And I remember from the minute I cut on season one of Arrow, I was like, okay, this is different. This is good. And I remember watching the first episode and saying to myself, this is really different. This is fun. I like this. <clears throat> and as I've said, I'm not going to rehash too much of this, but as I said before, the first two seasons had me hooked. Then I was watching it on a weekly basis because I actually watched season one and season two. I binged it before season three started. So by the time I started watching it live was when kind of it went downhill a little bit or CW-ish. Um, but I've already focused on Arrow. But what season two did so well was then introducing The Flash. And I think Grant Gustin has played a great Barry Allen when he's given the, the right material to play it. <clears throat> um, but I think Stephen Amell did a great job as Green Arrow. Um, and I believe... I've never actually believed this or not. I think I've only seen like one or two episodes of Legends and that was a part of the like the crossover stuff. But I've never actually gone on my way to um watch I've heard Legends after season one is amazing. I heard once they got rid of Hawkman and Hawkwoman, they it, it, it improved and obviously not obviously, but with Constantine being on there towards the end I loved it, <clears throat> but then I, the reason why I was, I, I was going to watch it was Constantine was on there, but then I heard they removed him because they wanted him for like some type of animated show or his own show or whatever, which is probably not going to happen now, but I feel like the Arrowverse was very important just to, to giving us live action stuff that we can only dream of. Obviously, we always want big budget. We want the CGI to look good. We want... Um, the, the actors would be fantastic. And matter of fact, let me read you guys. I asked Jonathan answer this question. All right. This this will make more sense of where I'm about to go. <clears throat> we ju I just texted him just the other day. This was not. Uh, how am I like not seeing this? Man. You would think you don't text somebody, but I guess you do text him. Oh, right, here we go. My question to him, exact question to him is, what is the legacy of the Arrowverse? His response is, that's a good question. If you ask me right now, I would say it piggybacked on the blueprint of Smallville to give us the DC-verse on TV. We don't get that Flashpoint Flash moment without Arrow being so successful. But in the long term, nothing aside from that. It didn't alter the DC comic verse significantly. Aside from that WB space, it didn't really bloom. Though I could see someone making it an argument that kickstarted the need for more mature expressions of the same genre or other channels. Does Amazon make the boys if Arrow didn't show that there's room for a successful serialized comic with an extended universe? I don't know. So another argument I would make with that is, <clears throat> or one or my argument I would make with that is. <clears throat> I don't believe, I believe with them being handcuffed, they did the best they could. Every time they had ideas, whether it was throwing Suicide Squad in season two, when they threw, threw their version of Suicide Squad in there, which was characters that were never in Suicide Squad, but characters that we already knew, they said, hey, no, we're about to do a Suicide Squad movie, so you can't use that. Okay, you can never say Batman's name. 
that's why it was such a big deal when Arrow, uh, when Stephen Mill said Bruce Wayne and all this other stuff. It was an unnecessary comment, and I felt like they just did because they could finally do it. But it's one of those things where it was still an important part to how handcuffed people were. They stopped having Deathstroke, which was the best villain they ever had, because they were going to make a Deathstroke movie or uh, put Deathstroke in the Batman, which was going to be directed by Ben Affleck. So, so many handcuffs. I feel like they showed what you can do even with one arm tied behind your back. And in some cases, two arms tied behind your back. I don't think DC could... Warner Brothers could make a crisis on infinite earths the way the tv version did that's saying a lot considering they had the dceu version of the flash in crisis on infinite earths but we we were watching them destroy everything apparently hbo max is a thing of the past now they're, they're gonna cancel all scripted shows hbo max is going to fold into discovery plus and it's going to be going to be just one thing, which makes sense because Discovery now owns, you know, Warner Brothers or WB. Well, yeah. So it's one of those things where why have two different streaming services and compete against yourself along with everyone else? Um, so that's one thing. But to me, when I, I remember, obviously, and, they, and the thing is, if you think about how it was set up, it was set up two years in a, before it even happened or a year before. Because in the previous crossover, I think it was Crisis on Earth X. You, that's the first time we've seen the monitor. So we see the monitor and we see him uh, having a book and Jay Garrick's like, no, no, no. And then we see him and, and then all of a sudden, Jay Garrick is, the, the monitor disappears. At the time, I wasn't even, I remember I remember this vividly. I wasn't even thinking, wow, that's the monitor and, and getting the hint. Because here's my thing. I'm watching actually a YouTuber, right, who's like just destroying Arrow. The only times I ever point out things was when they were so egregious. I knew when I was watching Arrow or The Flash, I knew I was watching a CW show. No matter what, I was watching a CW show. No matter how good a season was, I was watching a CW show. I can't repeat that enough. For stellar as season one and season two were of the, of Arrow, for stellar as season one was a season one of The Flash was so tremendous, especially with the, with the unfailing of the villain and us. Falling in love with this Harrison Wells, only to see that he's a guy that's been manipulating everything, including us. I remember thinking to myself, that is so good. Such good writing. And I remember watching season two of Arrow. And I remember binging it. And I remember vividly being up at four in the morning. I got to finish this episode. I got to finish. And my ex would be like, dude, you own, like, you pay for your Netflix. It's going to be here tomorrow. But it was so good. You know? And I remember even... I said this already. I'll say it again. Even the filler episodes. They didn't feel like filler because you knew these characters from season one. Whether it was in the flashbacks or not. So you were already invested and you cared. Like, I cared about Shadow. Fate. But you were like, no, fate, fate has to be something different. So to me, I was so caught up in these crossovers. Because the crossovers just got better. Crossovers went from very, very, very humble, where it was just Flash vs. Green Arrow, which was just a one-episode crossover, to all of a sudden it's, all right, Legend of Tomorrow, 
now we introduce Hawkeye, uh, not Hawkeye, Hawk Girl, Hawkman, and all of a sudden they just got bigger and bigger. And so I remember watching Christ on Earth X and just enjoying it, right? And all of a sudden, at the end of the crossover, it says next year, the next crossover event is Christ on Earth. I remember my phone blowing up. I remember, and it's very rare for me to see my phone blows up because when I think of something blowing up, right, obviously it will blow up. But I mean, it's like back to back, whatever, right? That's what I mean. This rarely happens. I might get a message then 10 minutes later, something like that. My phone was blowing up. And people were like, holy crap, did you see that? I was like, yeah, and I DVR'd it. And I don't remember which episode it was. That was I think it was Legends. That was the last episode that was on. But that this Christ on RFX was. But I remember rewinding it two or three times saying, I read that right. They're doing they're going for it. They're going for fucking Christ on Infinite Earths. And now by this time they've introduced Batwoman, the Legends, Supergirl now is on CW because CBS, I don't know what they were thinking about even producing the show, but reasons. Um so I remember being like, Oh, this is gonna be awesome. And I feel like they did what no if they were fair to Zack Snyder, they probably could have done He probably could have done it, right? Been controversial because everything that Zack Snyder does is controversial. But you get my point. And I remember vividly saying to myself, wow, I wonder what it's going to be like. And I remember watching every episode. And yeah, the end where the fluffy bunny or whatever that was, the legends were fighting, that was corny. But even with the flaws, I would never, ever regret or take anything back of that. I will gladly watch that scene again because it got me the two flashes and then it got the acknowledgement that not just was uh, Barry Allen and the DCEU in the Greg Berlanti verses, I'm going to call it, but he even said, I, I told, um, I told Cyber, he used his real name, but he said, I told Cyber, I told Vince, this is, this is a real thing, you know, and seeing the interaction and seeing how they both were, it just, to me, was awesome. And then on top of that, even the stuff we knew was going to happen, we knew Oliver was dying in crisis, we knew it, but didn't have him die in the first episode, so it wasn't like he saved it, He, he, he actually didn't, if you think about it, he didn't save anybody because the people he air quotes i'm doing air quotes you can't see me doing air quotes saved died anyway only nine people survived after the anti-monitor took over so his his, if you think about it his um his sacrifice wasn't even worth it it wasn't even on a good level at all so i I remember watching that saying okay and so i've and just having uh, Dick Grayson from the the Adam West Batman, having the birds of prey from there, like the, I think it was like a ten episode run in the CW in the early two thousands. Even if you just seen one of them, you had it. Um, you had the Titans from the current HBO per, um, uh, HBO Max live live action. And by the way, now it's being announced, well not announced, but now it's being assumed that Titans, Doom Patrol, all these things are gonna be canceled now. But um. To me, the legacy of Arrow, to answer my own question, I, I've given this a lot of thought. It's not excellence. It's not perfection. It's, we're going to try. 
we're just gonna try we're literally gonna throw some shit at the wall and see what happens that's to me the legacy of it is just fucking trying no one was begging for a green arrow tv show I still get shit from people when I, when people say, man, did you really enjoy Hawkeye? Yeah, I love Hawkeye. But no one likes Hawkeye. No one was asking for a Hawkeye TV show on Disney+. Plus. Tell me one person that woke up. Now, when you saw Green Arrow on Smallville, they probably did. Because you had fallen in love with that Justin Hartley version of the Green Arrow, right? So, I, I'm sure after that, and even Alan Richardson... Uh, version of Aquaman, which they were supposed to do a television show for, which they never did. And if, by the way, if you guys ever want to watch that uh, pilot um, for Aquaman, the TV show, buy the Smallville DVDs. The actual show is on there. The one hour, I think it's a one-hour uh, pilot. But um, I think they might have been clamoring for it then. But Arrow came, what, four years, five years after Smallville got canceled? No one woke up and said, man, we got to do this Arrow. This Arrow show... Green Arrow is off the chain. Like, no one said that. That's not a thing. I don't believe you. You need more people if you are going to tell me that, right? But no one is. Um, so, that to me is the legacy of it. We're just going to try. Now, people I'm pretty sure clamor for... Like, once you've seen Grant Gustin as Barry Allen in that... I think it was a two-part. Um, essentially, his cameo was a two... I think it was a two-parter. And him and Felicity were flirting, or whatever, and Oliver was jealous. So to me, it was a nice breath, nice breath of fresh air in that season two that was so dark, so scary. Like for as much as of of a threat as a dark Archer was, Michael Merlin, holy shit, uh, Deathstroke took it to another level. And when it was revealed, and, and you could see through the, and honestly, that's one thing I will say. I was in the middle of schooling. I said this to you guys before on this podcast. School ruined the entertainment for me. So through the flashbacks, I knew who the big bad was. But that meant nothing because still the reveal of Deathstroke being taken over by the Mirakuru still had me saying to myself, he's kind of fucked. It, it was similar to my reaction when I first saw Thanos on the big screen. And he smiled and I said, holy fuck on a fuck player of Batman. They're going to all die. I remember, like, just knowing, because you could just see it. Their friendship is built. Those flashbacks in the first two seasons were so fucking good. And but they, when you, well, that's the problem with the stories they told in the flashbacks was they then had to stick with them. So now it's one of those things where it's kind of like, what do we do here? Now they picked back up in season five when they were coming to an end. So I felt better. I felt, I definitely felt like after season three and four that were down season, season five picked back up where it was kind of like the Arrow's version of Joker, essentially, at least with the music they were trying to play and everything and the flashbacks and uh, everything like that. But I do think, here's the problem though. When you have shows that are 24 episodes, dude, it's only so many stories you can tell where they're going to be. Now you could do long-term storytelling. That's a hard grind though. That's why I feel like, Netflix, I think Netflix was the first one to do it. Don't bite my head off if I'm wrong. But I believe whenever, I think Netflix was the first people to come out with like the 13 episode season. I felt like that's enough. You know, and even at times with certain shows, you could feel like certain shows are filler. You know, I've heard some people say that's why Luke Cage, Luke Cage to me didn't have filler. It just told its stories and long term storytelling, but used all 13 episodes to get it done. 
And so it's one of those, I, I always say, I use this example all the fucking time. NCIS, one of my f- most favorite shows of all time. I haven't watched it in seasons. But if you actually break down the psychology of NCIS, the first two episodes of this season mean something. And the last two episodes of this season. And Easter eggs are sprinkled throughout. If you looked at the if you looked at the psychology of it, there's an episode dedicated to McGee, an episode dedicated to uh, Paula Peretti's character that used to be on there, Abby. Episode mo- multiple episodes focused on Gibbs and his struggle, and then multiple episodes then an episode based on uh, the other people, right? So like, let's say if it's, that's, so that's seven episodes right there that are just boom put in the show in the season. So those usually don't have anything to do with. The plot. The last two episodes are the build-up. Now it's building up. Now see, episode 23 is the build-up to the, like, what will happen? Will our favorite hero survive? Blah, blah, blah. You get to episode 24, boom, now you get to the, the finale, but now there's some backlash after it. Episode 1 picks up where the backlash is, but episode 2 is the backlash sprinkle in. You're moving forward in seasons, but it's still sprinkling in here, sprinkling in here and there. So the psychology in each of these shows Luke Cage was definitely more of a long-term storytelling, but it was more of a long-term storytelling from the black perspective. If you don't like Tyler Perry films, if you don't like just black art in general, as far as like um, movies and TV, then you probably won't like it. Uh, um, Sorry, I'm about to say I wrote it, Kristen Ritter, but Jessica Jones. That was definitely... Each season was based off of the season that they were trying. They weren't trying to build anything else. And it was more of, I never got the feeling that, I never got the feeling that feeling, you see what I did there by accident, filler was a thing with them, but I feel like when you had like season two, I feel like the, the upstairs neighbor that would flirt with Jessica Jones was definitely filler for Jessica to do something else because they didn't want to have Luke Cage in that season because we already had Luke Cage in season one, if that makes any sense. Even though Jessica and Luke, I don't think, aren't they still married in the comics? Aren't I, I believe they've never dated anyone. Well, Luke Cage has. Um, but I don't think Jessica Jones has ever dated anyone else in the 616 universe, but I could be wrong. Anyways, <clears throat> what I'm saying, though, is I, I truly believe, that's why I do give them um, a lot of slack, if I'm being honest. They deserve it. Um, some of the graphics kind of crappy. Sometimes you could see. Sometimes it was not very well shot. Some of these things, especially Arrow. There were sometimes where you could definitely see that the person that was fighting the air quotes, no air quotes, you can see him doing air quotes to fight, was definitely a, the stun devil, and you could see the stun devil. It was like sometimes it was just really bad. Um, but uh, those are nitpicks to me. Um, there was still really good stuff in it. Like I said. Um, Season five having it come back, I felt like not even made that comment. That season five was a really was a real comeback, and I don't think it fell off. I think it came back. It was never going to get to the season one, season two level. By that time, they 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 rode the ship. They knew where they wanted to go. Season six, seven, eight was what what it needed to be. Season eight was short, but that's what it needed to be because they didn't even have Oliver Queen in the last four episodes. You know, it was all about moving forward with everyone else. Um, but anyways, the point of all this is, is even with me watching a lot of the Arrowverse, Black Lightning, I've actually never finished Black Lightning. I've gotten to the last season, 
And um, matter of fact, that's probably something I should do. I enjoy Black Lightning. I really did. I know it wasn't going to get... I, when they said they were doing Black Lightning, I thought that was really random. But... Um, I enjoyed both games. To me, it was a CW version of Luke Cage, where you had to be want to be immersed in that world, and it's such a particular world. The, the, their villain was perfection. I I enjoyed all of season one, two, and three. Um, I will get back to season four. I just I think once I knew it was the end, I just lost interest um, for some reason. But um, I think uh, I thought he was a nice addition. Uh, I've never seen any of Supergirl. I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Um, the only episode I willingly watched was the first Flash crossover when that was still on CBS. And I thought the Flash crossover was kind of weak amundo. Um, I've I've seen the first two episodes of Stargo, and I liked it. You know, I just never followed up on it. I think by the time all these shows came around, I think a big part of the reason why I never watched season four of like Black Lightning. Like, now that I'm talking it out, I kind of knew the Arrowverse was dead. And I kind of said, ah. Oh. But I think I knew that once Once I seen Christ Son of the Earth, it was kind of like, this is probably the highest they're ever going to get. And it's unfortunate. It really is. But anyways, to me, to, I, I wanted to talk about the legacy of the Arrowverse. To me, the legacy is, we're just going to do it. We have restrictions. Cool. Let's find a way around it. So yes, we didn't get the best villains. We didn't get the characters we always wanted. But dude, to see a live-action Green Arrow... That murdered people, murdered multiple people, and what they were begging him to stop was cool. To see a live-action Flash that probably isn't cultivating people and kidnapping people and less drama and just about TV, that's a win in itself. Um, to see Black Lightning, dude, like these see these characters that are historical parts of DC and just comic books in general, I will never say it wasn't worth it. Hell yeah, it was worth it for sure. So, to me, that's why I wanted to get off my chest. Um, just to give my quick, quick, quick thoughts on what's going on with WB and Discovery. We already know that they canceled back. Uh, they're probably going to push back Shazam, Aquaman 3. They're having a real debate because they really want the Flash to really restart their DCE universe. I think no matter what they do with that movie, it's going to be backlash. Like, I hate Ezra Miller more than anybody because he's going to he's stopping me from seeing a live-action Flashpoint movie with Michael Keaton in it. And then the director, I just thought about this, the director of Black Batgirl sent out a picture because apparently him and his, the other director found out that uh, the movie was canceled when it landed on a plane because I guess one of them was getting married or something. And so he puts, one of the directors puts out a photo of him on set with the Michael Keaton Batman mentoring Batgirl, I was like, oh my god, we're never gonna see this ever again because they, they're using it as a tax write-off. Um, we know what they're doing. We know we know when they were bought WB, uh, they're, they're trying to cut three to four billion dollars in costs. Here's my thing: no matter what they do with that movie, it's gonna be bad luck. They've already invested two hundred something million dollars in it. But they would have to probably invest another $200 million in it if they wanted to do reshoots. Or even if they didn't want to do reshoots, if they just wanted to um, do promoting it. That's, dude, you're literally, that's... And I don't know if you can even promote it because you're putting Ezra Miller out there in public willingly. Um, But they don't... Here's the thing. How do I put this? 
my really really my only thoughts on it is that people who are in this situation are safe first of all let's get that out the way but i hope whatever they decide to do if they decide to start over which seems to be the rumor or the most popular rumor that's happening if they're going to start over they need to start over the right way just you already have your batman now find your superman and let's move the fuck on you know so and let's let's just move past this era um they have so many ips are worth billions billions of dollars let's just let's get this done um but yeah that's my thoughts on that my thoughts on the arrowverse the legacy of it um yeah so like i said next week we'll get back to a, a retrospective of season two of the blacklist and uh, by the time you guys hear all this, I believe She-Hulk will be out because I believe She-Hulk gets out uh, a day later. I think it went from the 17th to the 18th. Um, but I will figure out. Like I said, I'm I'm gonna review all of that in October. So however however many episodes it is, I think it's like seven or eight. I'm gonna review two a day, two a week, and we'll get that done. So, anyways, that is your show for this week. I am Soul Chemical. Please like, follow, subscribe, please support me and I will definitely support you guys back. I am out.